we forget to take those steps back and just enjoy our meal, chew our meal, take a break, drink some water. It's just slowing everything down and really just honoring the moment that you're in. That's what I always tell my clients, you know, just honor that moment because everything else is going to speed back up. So give yourself this time to enjoy this time and enjoy this meal. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Right now, the world out there feels like a scary movie, especially when you watch the news. Half the world is in a varying degree of lockdown. People are still isolating at home. Most people are stressed and anxious. And some of us are working from home, which comes with its own challenges, especially if our kids are not in school. Others are not working or earning an income and feeling beyond stressed about finances. Many people are experiencing a sense of isolation, boredom, or loneliness. So with all of this, how do we cope in times like these? We can throw ourselves into work, spend hours worrying, get busy and clean the house furiously, watch a Netflix series, or we can eat. Now, people who had eating challenges before the pandemic are particularly triggered right now. But people with no challenges with eating are also struggling. Eating has become complicated. And now let's look at the role of food in our lives. Think about it. When we were crying babies, the first thing our mamas or caregivers gave to us was milk. From an early age, food became a source of comfort. Food is emotional. Each significant life experience is honored with food. We celebrate with food. We connect with food. We mourn with food. We need food to survive. Eating to cope can occur in a number of ways. Through grazing unconsciously all day, snacking regardless of hunger, or it can be binge eating on large quantities of food. Mindless eating is very often done out of habit or as a result of emotions like boredom or frustration. Binge eating is usually in response to stronger emotions. Both forms of eating serve to distract or numb unpleasant emotions. People eating emotionally in response to unmet needs, and right now, we are living in an unusual and difficult times. Most of us are experiencing many unmet needs. Our core human needs include safety, security, human interaction, which are all seriously lacking still in these days. Because I know that so many people are struggling with this right now, I invited Natasha Allen to share her powerful recommendations on addressing our unmet needs and self-sabotage. We will also be discussing how mindful eating is a big piece of the puzzle. Natasha knows what self-sabotage feels like, and her recommendations will provide much-needed compassion in a non-judgmental way. If you are struggling with food right now, you are not alone, and I hope this interview opens the door for possibility. Now, before I bring Natasha onto the show, I want to quickly sing her praises. After spending 20 years in corporate finance and never having a job she liked, Natasha discovered her passion, purpose, and profession was not only helping women to reach their highest potential in their health and wellness journey, but also teaching women how to listen to their life and trust themselves. Natasha's zone of genius is helping women break the cycle of emotional eating to find their voice, use their voice, and win at life. 
Let's welcome Natasha to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast. Natasha Allen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I am doing great. I know we were just connecting about this hot, hot heat that we're experiencing <laughs> yes. and talking about, you know, what if what it's like to be in the wellness world after leaving kind of a male-dominated corporate world. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But today is really about a couple different topics, which I'm so excited to dive in with you. One, the area that seems to get a lot of us stuck is, is that area around self-sabotage. So we're going to dive into some self-sabotage. We're going to talk about foods that nourish the body. We're going to talk a little bit about emotional eating as well. But then mostly is how to be mindful about our eating. And I'll tell you what, girl, I, you know, I used to work, I don't know if people know this, but I used to be a server and a bartender to get me through, I was to get through college. And when I was a bartender, I only had five minutes, I had like a five minute break. And it's amazing what you can, how much you can eat in five minutes. Honestly, it's amazing how much you can eat in 60 seconds. Um, but five minutes, you can do some damage. But so I, you know, I did that job for like four years in, in college and it's really been challenging for me. Like I am, and I have this thing about efficiency that I just, it's, it's value driven. Unfortunately, I, I, I just, I, my default is I am efficient. And so, um, mindful eating is one of the areas that I love the concept and I love the idea. And sometimes I do it sometimes, but most of the time I'm like, my husband's like, you have to stop eating standing up. You have to stop oh, always gosh. at the counter eating. Yes. I don't even sit down. That is how serious it is, you know? And so I'm really excited to be talking about that today because I'm hoping you got some tricks up your sleeve because I have a feeling I am not the only one who is shoving food in their face in between meetings, in between work, um, moving on from, and it's all healthy stuff that I'm shoving in my face. You know, however, though, it's a shoving-like process. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about that today as well. I'm really excited about that. But what I want to do before we get into all of these juicy topics is to really have you share a little bit about yourself and kind of that defining moment where you decided enough was enough for you and, and decided to, to shift paths and to really focus on serving women at this capacity. Oh, wow. Well, first, thank you for having me. Um, so for me, it was interesting. Um, I, I did 20 years in corporate finance, and I never had a job that I liked. Never, not one. I was always a dreamer. Um, I always had an idea of what I could possibly do for myself in terms of going into business. But of course, I was too afraid to step out. But I was a horrible employee at the same time. <laughs> so I would spend hours just, you know, drawing up plans and programs and, you know, of businesses that I would I would start. And one of the first businesses that I actually started was a life coaching business. Um, I got certified as a life coach right after I got my master's degree. And it was just like I felt like the world opened up to me because that was it. But, um, yeah, while I was in corporate America, I would spend so much time just figuring out how I could best help people and what I could do from a business standpoint. And it just got to the point where 
there was so much unrest. You know, I just, I, it was painful to go to work every day. It just, it would hurt my poor little soul just to wake up and go build someone else's dreams. And my dreams were just sitting on the shelf of my mind. And there was one particular day at this, at this point, this was a few years ago. I was, I was a certified life coach. I was certified fitness nutritionist, and I was certified as a personal trainer. And um, my manager at the time, she actually sent me an instant message way back then. <laughs> she sent me an instant message of a, a company where you basically you traveled and you taught fitness. And it was just like everything inside of me exploded. And I was just like, you know what? That's it. That's it. That is what I'm supposed to be doing. And maybe nine months after that, I left. I left my corporate job. I actually went full-time into fitness. I did that for nine months. And then I left (laughs) that because, again, it was just this, this burning desire inside of me to really just chart my own path. And so now I, I absolutely love what I do. I'm a traveling fitness professional um, I, and I coach women who struggle with emotional eating and weight loss, you know, but it took 20 years in corporate finance and hating every job that I, I had, you know, and going into fitness, but still never really feeling like it was my own. And so now it's, I I love everything about what I do. I love waking up in the morning. I love working with my ladies, but um, yeah, it was, it's been a journey. It's definitely Mm -hmm. been a journey. I want to dive into the journey just a tiny bit, because I know that there are women listening to this. You know, so often this this podcast is about hormones and health, but always there's a lot of us out there who are in a job that we're not feeling. We have a dream or desire to really go in a different direction, and there's something keeping us from it. And so I'd love for you to dive into a couple things. I know we're getting into self-sabotage, right? And so 20 years of not loving what you want, you start to think about like, huh, how am I sabotaging myself right now? So love to hear a little bit about kind of was there aha moments for you where you were there was beliefs or there was limiting beliefs that were holding on to you? Or there was fear uh, that that maybe there was going to be failure in it as well. And as you know now, I'm sure that there's always there's always failure. I, f- I feel like you're always failing forward. You know, in, in in the business that you're in today, in the in the career that you've created. You know, we we learn so much from those little moments. I always go into every like anything new, knowing I'm going to fall flat on my face first, and then we'll just figure it out on the other side. The other thing I want to know is how were you able to transition as well? So were you still working in, in the corporate world for a little bit as you were transitioning? So did you have a day job and then you had a night job? I'm curious a little bit about how were the logistics for you, especially towards the end when you decided to make that leap of faith? Okay. So, wow. Um, my biggest thing was I never felt good enough, right? So I never felt like I was good enough to really chart out on my own and do and really believe that I had what it took to actually start my own business. So it was funny because I I always thought that I was a very confident person, but you know, above my head, what I was actually broadcasting was that I wasn't good enough. So I always felt like I wasn't good enough or it would fail. Now (laughs) this, you know, my current business, um, I, I think it's my fourth business. I've had three that failed. But again, to your point, I failed forward. My first business, I was a full-time life coach. Um, I loved everything about that. And speaking about 
not feeling like you're not good enough. Um, after I got certified as a life coach, it, that actually is what helped me break out of that mental and emotional cycle of not feeling good enough. Because now it's like, it just, it was one of those programs that just kind of, it almost like broke me down in a gentle way, but built me back up. Right. So you had to do your own life coaching first. Exactly. Exactly. And once I started, I was amazed at the level of confidence that I got from it. I was amazed at how I could walk in a room and, you know, before it would be like, you know, why is this person staring at me? Why are they staring at me? And then it's like, you know, it, it changed. It completely changed after I got certified and started the first business because it, it became, I'm confident. I'm big. There was so much self-assurance. There was no more not feeling good enough because I knew I really start to learn who I was and really get into a rhythm and flow of who I was becoming as well. So yeah, that, the, the not feeling not good enough, that almost sabotaged everything that I could have built from that point forward. But, you know, as we know, you know, your life is full of lessons, full of failures, successes, failures and successes. And I just continue to fail my way forward. You know, it's something didn't work. Okay, let's figure out what will what will work. You know, and I I have this thing where I always ask myself, how can I? So when something doesn't work, you know, how can I do this? Um, so when I was in corporate, one of the biggest things was how can I start my own business and really make money? That was my biggest thing. You know, I was so afraid because I was married to my paychecks. You know, I, I'm not going to leave this money. This is really good money. Job <laughs> security is exactly. no joke. Exactly. Yeah. It, you will be bound to it. And I was, I was so bound to the paycheck. And I got to the point where I kept asking myself, how can I make more money? How can I make more money outside of what I'm doing? So then I would do little things. I would coach people on the side, you know, I would do little things like that. Or I would, you know, do like a little part-time personal training. I would find little things that I could do that would actually build my confidence in the area that I'm in now. So I kept my corporate job for a while. And then it got to the point, like I said, there was so much unrest within me, uh, a lot of sleepless nights. And I can even remember the week that I was going, no, I can remember the two months before I was about to, I knew I was going to quit. I, I think I averaged maybe three hours of sleep those nights for two months. It was very nerve wracking. It was so nerve wracking. But the day that I made the decision to just break it off and honor what I knew that I had inside of me, everything changed. Everything changed. And I remember putting in my letter, giving my letter of resignation. And um, two days later, I got a notification that someone had purchased one of my programs. And then I got a message from two ladies who wanted to discuss my program. And I'm like, okay, you know, I made the right decision. I made the right decision. But it took a while. I, I would literally work my full-time job. And then in the evenings for about four or five hours, do something in the health and wellness realm. Hmm, that makes so much sense. A question that I love to ask myself too, I love the how, how can I is, who do I need to become? Who do I need I like to become that. to step into that? 
Um, and that really shifts so much about, you know, your, I do a lot of journaling around that is um, anytime I'm ready to step into something or I'm feeling that you like that, that energy, right? There's this energy that's like, it's time to, to upgrade or to step up. And it's always that question of who do I need to become to step into that? And so just wanted to share that question with you. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> Well, I love, love, love that you dived in a little deeper into that for me and, and for all of us. Let's get a little bit into um, self-sabotage. For, for the ladies and the women that you're taking care of, there's a lot of self-sabotage that we see, especially in food, right? Emotional eating is, ooh, I, there's, I, I say emotional eating, eating is definitely a spectrum. You know, I think that every one of us have participated in emotional eating. Goodness knows, you know, how we were raised. Most of us, you know, you're treated when you do something great um, or when you have a bad day. I remember my mom would have like bad, which if my mom was a single mom. It was my mom, my sister and I. And my, my mom would have a really bad day at work. And she's like, we're going to go get some ice cream to go deal with this bad day that I just had. And we're like, heck yeah, let's go. any day is a good day for ice cream, mom. You know, I'm sorry that you had a bad day, but hook a sister up. Like, and so- those little subconscious or conscious moments growing up. And then, you know, there's a lot of stress that we're dealing with. We're dealing with a lot of it right this moment. There's a lot of unknowns and and uncertainty right now. I mean, so many parents at the moment and moms are trying to figure out what to do with their kids and schooling and then what's going to happen in the wintertime. And so we just think about this, this whole year of 2020 of um, so much uncertainty and fear And we know that people have been home. I've seen it all over Instagram. People are cooking and baking (laughs) stuff that I'm like, whoa. (laughs) And so, and here's the thing is now that we're home too, and I'm, we're always home, always home personally, but I know that people aren't normally used to being home. All of a sudden that refrigerator is really close and the pantry is really close. And so speak to me um, about what are some of the things that you see regarding emotional eating? Like what are some of the triggers for emotional eating and what are some ways to navigate a little bit of that right now in particular? I feel like you were in my conversation yesterday. I was just talking to someone about this with COVID. It's like, it has just provoked this anxiety within people. And we all have this 24 hour access to our kitchens now. And, you know, to your point, we're doing more baking, more cooking, carryouts, But there's also like this daily confusion, like, is it Tuesday or is it Saturday? I'm not sure, right? Uh, Yesterday, I forgot. (laughs) I didn't know it was Thursday today. (laughs) Alex is like, my husband's like, we have a meeting, something about tomorrow being Thursday. And I was like, wait, what? It's tomorrow? I don't believe you. (laughs) Because it is. It's all one big, right? It's one big jumble. You know, where's my phone? Let me verify that. (laughs) Exactly. Google will always know or Alexa will know. Right. But yeah, there's this this complete world of uncertainty. Like we're uncertain about our health, our immunity, all of that. So, you know, and we want to be comforted and most people turn to food. And again, kind of to your point is, you know, when you think about when you were a baby. So when you cried as a baby in all likeliness, your mother like descended from somewhere, the heavens and gave you milk. Right. So we we subscribe and we associate food with nourishment and nurturing. But the problem is that we've never really truly been taught how to sit with our emotions and how to deal with our emotions. You know, so to your point, you know, if your mom or your grandmother or someone was having a bad day or let's say you were having a bad day as a kid, 
your grandmother or your mother probably gave you a piece of chocolate or ice cream or something like that. I don't know anyone's grandma who gave them a, a piece of broccoli when they were sad, right? <laughs> so we learn to nourish and we learn nurturing through food. I always tell people, you have to dial into your emotions. Why are you feeling a certain way? You really have to get dialed into that inner dialogue because those are the things that are going to really keep you from moving forward. I always ask this question and it's, what are you saying to yourself that you're not saying out loud? Because the average person speaks about a they say about 500 words a minute, but only about 150 of those words are actually verbalized. So what are you actually saying to yourself? Because you cannot win this game with emotional eating and weight loss if you have a toxic state of mind, right? And you'll never be able to outperform the way you see yourself. So it's all about really getting that mental game and that internal dialogue in check. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. I love that question. Are there other questions too that we we could be asking ourselves? Because you're absolutely right. You know, dealing with a lot of us are not dealing with our emotions, right? And we know that inherently we do. And it's so much easier to distract ourselves or soothe ourselves with something else. And there's a lot of things. Eating is probably the number one, but there's a lot of different things that, that we could do. It's that glass of wine at night to unwind, you know, mm-hmm. is a lot of different things that, that people do to kind of, it could be shopping on Amazon. You know, there's a lot of different oh, ways yes. that we do that. And it's, I know it's that first step is that awareness because mm-hmm. even I struggle with it sometimes where my emotions just, fl- you know, I always say it's because I'm Latina, but I know it's just because you <laughs> I just want to blame it on something. Sometimes I, you know, you you fly into the defensive or you fly, you, you get the emotions kind of, and you don't really work through those. Are there questions to ask yourself? So a question that I always like to ask myself is, um, um, is this an emotion I've experienced before? And when was the first time I experienced it? Just trying to figure out, like, is there an origin story to this emotion that maybe I haven't addressed? Wondering if there is questions that we can be asking ourselves and then when to know to do it. Because, you know, when you're in the flurry, you're just going unconsciously to the to the refrigerator. You may not even know it's conscious. How do we break that unconscious habit? Think about it this way. When you start to turn to food, what you're doing is you're really living from the neck up. So there's a huge disconnect between your emotions and any signals that your body will give you that you're genuinely hungry, right? So there's not so much a question that I would ask. It would be, I would actually suggest spending time just checking in with your body and noticing how you feel. And so when you spend a few moments just checking in with your body, you actually have to put your brain on pause. It takes a lot of conscious effort, but Put your brain on pause and then find out, am I really hungry or is there an emotion that I'm going through? Am I abandoning myself and prioritizing someone else's needs or am I putting myself ahead? Do I need to spend time alone? Do I need to go on a walk? You know, you really have to take a step back, disconnect from the brain and really find out what your inner dialogue is saying because When you work on truly discovering what your inner needs are, you can actually start getting those needs met without food. And then food just becomes just that food, nothing more, nothing less. But it it takes you, you know, taking that pause and really checking in to see what's really going on inside of you. I love that because that's really changing state. 
um, changing state from anxiety, changing state from stress, and then refocusing. Now, I recognize that there's going to be people there who check in and they're like, yeah, I'm not hungry, but I don't care. Yeah, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but let's just say we are consciously checking in and we're like, oh, I am definitely not hungry. I definitely don't need that. I had that moment yesterday, actually. I'm going to celebrate this just for a second. As many of every my, my audience knows that I'm pregnant. And that's been my excuse for everything these days. I'm, like, I'm just my husband. It's just like, oh, my God, this woman. I'm like, I'm pregnant. That's been my answer to everything. And so I went and met with a friend, socially distanced with a friend at a little cafe here in San Diego. And I had a tea. But I know that this cafe makes the most delicious, gluten-free, vegan chocolate chip cookies. Now, I don't, I don't just bring those home. You know what I'm saying? And maybe I even chose the cafe because I knew they had these cookies. And, um, I just felt like yesterday I was deserving of one of these cookies, but I decided I wasn't hungry on my way there. I was going to get this little iced tea that they have. And I was like, I had, and I had like, I started imagining this cookie in my mind. I was like, oh my God, that cookie. And I got to the cafe and I started, I just checked in again and checked in. And I was like, uh, and I, I even girl, I, st- I like the cookie and I had a stare down and I didn't get it. <laughs> and it was this whole thing that I had to go through. But I ultimately said no, because I was like, you know what, this isn't going to serve me right now. It's not really going to serve me at the capacity that I'm looking for. Um, And so there was a very conscious decision there. I was so proud of myself. I said, I came home to my husband. I was like, I said no to that cookie. And I don't think he would have been able to do it. I think he would have. He's like the the devil on my shoulder. He's like, you want that cookie? Eat that cookie. You know, and so that's a little sorry. I wanted to share that little story real quick. But now we do that gut check. We're like, oh, gosh, I'm not hungry. What are some other options? Because clearly there's a lot of ways that we can shift the state of stress and anxiety, right? Taking a walk, a short little meditation, breath work, grabbing an essential oil. What are some of the the things that you have found that your clients really love as an alternative or that you love to talk about? Well, I would say, especially for the person that knows that they're about to emotionally eat. So one of my biggest things is more of, again, not excusing yourself because we can become great excusers, right? We will excuse ourselves from doing a lot of things. But, you know, what I really try to impress upon everyone is that emotional eating is really just someone trying to avoid an underlying issue. And so what they're doing is they're using food as that mechanism to self-soothe because, again, we don't really take time to sit with our emotions, right? So trying to solve an emotional eating problem really doesn't work because emotional eating typically isn't the problem. It's just a way of coping with the real problem. And so let's take, for example, the person that says, you know what, I'm just going to sit in front of the TV. You know, I boredom eat all the time. You know, I hear that all the time. I boredom eat all the time. Well, for someone like me, because I do this so much, it immediately tells me and I immediately recognize that that's someone who just may be lacking a sense of fulfilling connection in their life. So maybe this person doesn't have solid social connections or friendships or they don't have a solid relationship with their family or their partner, or they don't have a partner. So I would always say, find out what the real source of that issue is. Because sometimes, I mean, I even have, and I'm like, I'm going to eat the pizza. That's just it. And then when I do the little check-in, I'm like, ah, you know what? Okay, what were those thoughts and feelings associated with that? And then sometimes I make a big deal out of it. And other times I'm like, no, I'm just going to have the pizza and that's it. 
all right. (laughs) So it just depends on where you're at. But sometimes you have to realize that there may be an underlying issue there, but everything is balanced, right? Sometimes you just may want the pizza or the cookie. And that's quite all right. It doesn't really necessarily mean you're having an emotional eating moment unless you know that you are actively avoiding something. Mm. So So getting to the root cause of what it is. And I know, I know that people, I guess for me, I was, I was taking like the, the, you know, it's one, you address the emotional eating, then two, what's, what's an other option? I mean, and then the three is actually getting to the root cause of of the root of what's going on, which I know, you know, definitely requires a little bit more guidance in that process. Um, In the meantime, I'm always like, okay, I can go take a little walk. You know, I'm not willing to deal with my mess yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Exactly. Work out, you know. Yeah, work out a lot of different ways. Yes. And we can definitely is a whole different topic of overworking out, right? There's a whole different, you know, it can be a whole nother thing. I want to shift gears a little bit. I know I talked a little bit at the very beginning as I introduced you onto the show is mindfully eating and talking about, you know, really first, why is it that we are not mindfully eating? What have you noticed trends and patterns in women in particular that really shows up? Well, I actually recently did a search on Amazon and I searched for Diet Books 2020. Okay, so there were over 20,000 books available on diet that were just written this year. And so, and then we turn on the television, we see Oprah Winfrey with Weight Watchers. There's so much information out there, right, that it becomes information overload. So then people start second guessing what they're doing. Should I make this choice? Should I make that choice? So a lot of times people just choose not to make any decision. In fact, I actually just did a a small poll with the ladies that I work with. And there are about 56% of those women said that one of their biggest things is that they self-sabotage because they just don't know what to do. So they end up doing nothing. So a lot of that is getting back to just making small decisions, making small choices and mastering those small choices one at a time and building on that. So do one thing, do it consistently, master it, and then move on to doing something else. Just one other thing. Right. I think a lot of times there's so much information and we're so overwhelmed. We don't know what to do. So, you know what? I know this taco's good, <laughs> you know, so just don't overwhelm yourself. There's so much out there. Just choose one thing and continue with that. Mm, okay. Awesome. Wonderful. And what, what exactly, so I know, I think most people understand kind of what mindfully eating is, but can you speak a little bit into that? You know, cause I, so here's an example. I went to a yoga retreat a while, a long time ago. They had made this, like, um, I think like a vegan, some type of muffin. And they gave us a little piece of that muffin. And we had to like figure out what the ingredients were in the muffin, like the cinnamon. I girl, this was like mindful eating on steroids. And so then, you know, so you're working this out and you know, trying to figure out what's in there and what's the texture and what does it feel like and how does it make you feel? And oh, it was gosh. like this 10 minute. And I was like, I'm never going to do this. This is never going to happen. And and I've never done it since. But like that was that was how I was taught. That's like that's like on the way over other side over here of mindful eating yeah. of like really 
really paying attention to everything that's happening in your mouth and getting very mindful about it. And so I'm not trying to tout that kind of mindful eating. I don't know if anyone would do it. Maybe there are people out there who do, which is, you know what? I love it. I, if you're loving it, I love it that you're doing it. But talk to me about, about what my, is it just breathing in between bites um, or is it sitting down and looking at your food? Like, what is it? that we're doing here. Yeah, it's actually just taking a step back to just enjoy the moment in the space that you're in while you're eating, right? It does, you know, and I I honestly, I have to admit, I feel so hokey when I tell people, chew your food, slow down, sit down. But it really, it, it, it incorporates all of that, you know, um, not sitting in front of a television. My television is right, like, right over there. So I keep pointing over there, but not, you know, like not sitting in front of the television while you're eating, you know, actively just chewing, taking a moment, but we are in such a busy, overwhelmed society that it's just like, like to your point earlier, like I can put down some food in five minutes. Right. So, and that's what we do. We like, we'll either graze and like go to the refrigerator and grab something, pull something out of the cabinet. So we're used to grazing now, but when you actually sit down and have a meal, enjoy the food that's in front of you, almost act like you're on vacation at a resort. When you slow down and you're in that environment, you slow way down. You actually enjoy your meal. You read the menu. Like there's a completely different way of living when you're on vacation, right? So it's not let's go, let's go, let's go. And so we forget to take those steps back and just enjoy our meal, chew our meal, take a break, drink some water. It's just slowing everything down and really just honoring the moment that you're in. That's what I always tell my clients, you know, just honor that moment because everything else is going to speed back up. So give yourself this time to enjoy this time and enjoy this meal. I like the idea of imagining that you're like at a vac- on vacation. I always imagine us, um, I immediately I, I took us to, I went to, we, to Italy and, you know, some of our, our meals were like, yeah, it's like three hour, three hour dinner and it's this whole thing. And, and yeah, no, like that is not dinner in my house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, right. And I'm not, you know, so funny. I'm not a grazer. Like I know exactly the amount of food, but it's quickly gone. You know, like I'm not getting more. I'm just like, no, this is this. It's on the plate and now it's gone. It. And so I love it because I, you know, it's been. It's, it's just, it's so funny when it's automatic. It's one of the areas for me that it's been the hardest to break. And so I will try to imagine like being on vacation because it is, it is, it is. And I do, if there is a definitely, if there was the only time that I mindfully eat is going to be on vacation. Vacation. And girl, ain't none of us on vacation right now. Like nobody, I mean, maybe a couple people, but like I haven't been on vacation in in so long at this point. Like I'm like, what, what's vacation? That's so 2019, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, I, I trust me. My last vacation was December 2019, but I, I miss it. But yeah, I mean, just taking that moment because to your point, like, yeah, when you when if you've ever been to Italy, you know, like it'll be 10 o'clock at night and they'll just be sitting outside eating dinner, having a conversation like 
but they're taking those moments in and they're enjoying those moments. You know, um, another thing is I tell some of my clients, so I'm five foot three. So a lot of my clients are like my height or shorter. And I'm like, put everything that you don't really need to eat in one of the tallest cabinets you have, typically the cabinet right over the refrigerator is where I put. So you have to pull out a ladder just to go and get the food, right? So it's like, you don't want to do all the hard work. So make it harder for you to- Or don't bring it in the house. Or don't bring it in the house. But you know what? I have to say that I am one of those coaches that I try to coach my ladies on, okay, let's find out what you have in your cabinets. Okay, let's find a healthier way to incorporate those because I'm a I'm a potato chip person, you know, and I've had clients lose 10, 15 plus pounds with me. And like one of my clients loves M&M's. That's my mom. Yeah, she still gets to eat her M&M's and she still gets to lose weight. See, my mama, she hides them in all these different drawers. <laughs> yeah, and because so, in her mind, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I think she's trying to hide them from me so that I don't throw them away when I come over. And then, <laughs> See, and what happens is we typically hide things from ourselves. Just put it up in a cabinet, make it hard, make it a little bit more difficult for yourself to get them, but still allow you, again, balance, allow yourself to have them, just not all day, every day. Mm, I like that. I like that. Natasha, this has been, I love this interview so much. I love all the different tips and the cues. I mean, probably the the most important one here is really getting to the root cause of what is driving that emotion, kind of figuring out that. And I know that that's, that is a journey in its own right. And hopefully people can plug deeper into you to kind of learn more strategies around that. Um, Natasha, where can we find you? Where can we plug into you, my dear? Well, um, I am all over social media, so you can find me on um, Facebook and Instagram. My handle is the same. It's Natasha Nache, Natasha, and then Nache is N-A-S-H-E-A, so Natasha Nache. I have a private Facebook group full of rock star ladies out there, and we talk about emotional eating, fitness, weight loss. We do fitness challenges, nutrition challenges. It's just an awesome group of ladies. And that group is on Facebook and it's called Break Free from Emotional Eating. Um, And then my website is emotionaleatingadvice.com. And then one last thing, I am actually, I'm currently, I am um, competing for Miss Health and Fitness 2020. And right now I'm in the top three. Oh, congrats. Oh, yes. So if you guys can go out there, I've provided you the link. So if you guys can go out there and cast a vote for me, that would be awesome. Um, And basically what comes with this is the cover of uh, Muscle and Fitness Hers and, of course, $20,000. But, yeah. Congratulations for being so close. Thank you. I know. I'm excited about it. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, congratulations, my dear. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your brilliance with us today given us a lot of food for thought and I love how how real it felt and how you made it feel very easy as well oh good thank you you made me very comfortable so thank you Mm -hmm. see you soon okay bye probably my favorite strategy that Natasha shared today was that first step is to gain the awareness of how you're eating are you eating because you're hungry or are you eating to cope with what you've got going on It's important to figure out what that thing is that you're coping with. Next is to know your triggers by observing kindly when you're overeating. Like what's going on with you? What are you thinking about at that time? 
Now, if you loved some of Natasha's tips today, just like I did, I wanna invite you to check out her website, which is gonna be in the show notes for episode 224. It is emotionaleatingadvice.com. And I wanna say thank you so much for tuning into the Essentially You podcast. On this week's Q&A, I'm gonna be answering a question, a very vulnerable question, that I have been getting from a few women recently. And that is what my miscarriage taught me about surrender. You know, as a practitioner and one of millions of women who've struggled with miscarriages, I wanna just share my experience and also share what I learned in that journey. And I'm hoping that if you are on your pregnancy journey or you have struggled with the miscarriage or even more than one, that this next episode coming up helps to just provide a little bit more comfort and connection in a journey that can feel very lonely and isolating. Well, I look forward to sharing this with you, although I've waited a while to finally release this episode, and I can't wait for you to tune in this coming Friday. 